Welcome to the Successful Driver Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Ken Swanson, and uh, I'm really excited to be talking to someone here at Arrow that was very high on our list of people to talk to uh, for this, this podcast that we're really enjoying kind of putting together for everyone. Jim Tabor, sales support and national account manager here at Arrow. He's been uh, in a lot of different roles here within our company and really excited to be talking to him. Jim, I'm, I'm, hey. I'm not used to calling you Jim. I'm going to call hey. you Jim for this podcast, but what's up, my friend? <laughs> not much, man. Hey, I appreciate you inviting me on and, um, and, and caring what I got to say. It's cool. Yeah, for sure. You can call me, you can call me Jim. You can call me James, whatever you want to call me. You know, I just, you know, I want to, I want to really badly, but I'm going to try to like keep this a little bit professional today. I think maybe we'll see, but, uh, yeah, man, I, I really appreciate you coming on. And what I really want to do before we jump into some of these questions that I got for you, you know, you've, you started out, I believe in Cincinnati, correct? Correct. So tell me, you know, you started, you started in sales at Cincinnati, but I want to hear your entire, um, you know, just your, your journey into the trucking industry, how you started, how long you've been in, what kind of roles, what's led you to the sales support and national account manager uh, role here at Arrow? Sure. So, yeah, I started in Cincinnati back in 2007. Um, I had been working in real estate and, and one of the branch managers was relocating to Cincinnati and got to know him through that process. And then, um, you know, in eight and oh nine, the, the real estate world kind of fell, was falling down pretty fast. Right. And, and, um, yeah, I reached out to me and say, Hey, why don't you come sell trucks? I didn't know anything about trucks at the time. You know, I mean, I love cars and I've kind of gearhead myself, but, um, as far as, you know, semi trucks, I didn't know a whole lot. So I was kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, timid first, but once I get into it, a couple months in, I was, I was hooked. I liked doing it more than I liked selling houses for sure. Um, and then, so I, you know, I started in 07, then by 2011, um, moved up to management. So I sold for four years straight and then moved into assistant manager position there and did that job for about four more years before coming here to corporate to do the national accounts. Nice. Except, yeah. Yeah, you you you've kind of had a you've had a bunch of little, little roles here in, in a variety. Of, sure. you, you put your hand your hands are in a lot of different things here at this company, and so like you know you kind of got yeah. a, a breadth of experience in a lot of different places. You know, you, I did. I'm curious. You know, what was what helped you? You know, develop the you know, as you were learning about the the trucks and, and trucking industry. Like, was it just being hands on? Like, what, what was what was the learning mechanism that helped you better understand trucks? Customers, really? Yeah, just just listening they, they, to customers. For sure. You know, they, the, the, the truck drivers of this country, they know more about the equipment that we're selling than we do. Um, you know, they're in it every day for a lot of miles and they've had a lot more experiences and different, different situations and the different terrain of the country and what works best out West, what doesn't work best in Texas and, and all those different things. Um, and then, you know, just being a sponge and, and asking questions and, and, learning that way was, was really the biggest thing. No, that's, me. I mean, that's interesting. And I think it's totally true. Like, you know, some of the guys that have been out on the road a little bit more, the best thing for us to do sometimes when they walk in looking for a truck, the trucks just get out of their way, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. You know, these guys, yeah, they'll, they'll come in and they'll, and they'll, they'll walk around and talk, tell you all about your truck. <laughs> 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 really, they, 
they want to know really the specifics of, uh, you know, how much does it cost and, you know, kind of miles, you know, those kind of specifics. But when it comes down to specs and ratios and things, most of them know what they need uh, better than you do. So, um, yeah. All right, now, there so, are, there's the other side of the coin too, though. There's a lot of customers who don't really know, understand that. Sure. So then there's, then there's that opportunity as a, as a sales consultant to help answer their questions to the best of your ability to, to help guide them in the right way. Because, you, you know, at the end of the day, if our customers are successful, then we're successful. And so, you know, we try to, you know, open book, I, you know, nothing that I know is, is, is private information when it comes to um, being a truck driver or, or selling trucks. You know, I want to share my knowledge as much as I can to help everybody else, you know, in their roles. So, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. It seems like, you know, there's probably been some, some customers in your past that have paid it forward with information for you. And mm-hmm. I'm sure you were able to pay it forward with some of these younger guys as well. So I mean, that's a, that's an interesting way to look at it. It's really, you know, it's cool that, that the educator was, was the guy out there on, you know, right. that's actually on the road and man, I mean, that, that's interesting, you know, so you, obviously you've, you've talked to a lot of successful drivers in your time here uh, sure. at Arrow, uh, very obviously. Um, what, what's, what's your takeaway on like, what's, what's the, what's the thing that makes those guys successful? What makes a successful driver in your eyes, based on your experience and the people that you've learned and talked to? Well, I think, I think it's a lot like any business that you're in, um, where, you know, your attitude and your work ethic are really, really important. Um, our industry, there are probably more hurdles and, and, um, red lights, so to speak, things that slow you down, uh, throughout your day as a truck driver, um, then, then, then maybe another kind of type of business. But so you have to be, you have to be, uh, quick on your feet. You gotta be able to make decisions quickly. You have to kind of, um, understand the situation and, um, have a good attitude about it. Um, you know, there's so many layers of, of being a, a business owner or a truck driver, you know, um, everything from, you know, where you get your truck worked on, um, who your dispatcher is, you know, who you haul for, um, if you want to do load boards, all those different decisions you have to make, you know, you really have to make sure you're educated um, before going all in, so to speak, and getting your own authority. But, you know, building that network is really, really important of knowing who you can trust, who that, you know, you take your truck to them to get to get the oil changed, the bill's not going to be $4,000. But, you know, people who can who can shoot you straight, take care of you, um, have a good relationship with your dispatcher so they can get you home to see your kids' baseball games <laughs> and those kinds of things. I mean, really, that, that, that right there, I mean, you kind of chuckle a little bit, but that's really a lot of these guys miss those things. And for your mental health as a, as a person, as a human being, to be able to see your kids, you know, that means a lot to people. Sure. Um, and there are, um, there are companies out there that don't care as much, you know, they want you running, you know, you're making money for them when you're on the road. So, you know, that's, that's kind of how they see it. But um, the more successful companies do take time to have um, to make sure that their, their drivers are home when they need to be home. Sure. I mean, so I mean, there's, there's a lot of layers to what you said, you're making sure you have that knowledge base and in, in a, a level of trust with a lot of people that can help you be successful in a lot of different areas, be it a mechanic, be it near load source. But I mean, you kind of, you kind of spoke on it. you, the value of the load source and who you're kind of partnering with there seems pretty important to you. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And uh, just know that there's, if you're not happy where you are, there are other places you can go. The trucking industry is absolutely enormous. 
you know, um, class A CDL drivers can can do all sorts of different jobs, not just over the road. They can haul heavy, they can haul hazmat, they can haul, you know, tanker, they can do these different things with additional training. And, you know, you know, making sure that you're in, an, in a part of the industry that is, um, that's going to be safe from economic swings is important. Um, you know, if you're hauling reefer to grocery stores, you know, you're probably going to be pretty safe. You know, people are not going to stop eating pretty much unless, you know, they're just not. So, right. um, you know, you know, there's another company I, I dealt with in out of Indiana when I was in Cincinnati and they, they hauled caskets. And, you know, their business was booming all the time. It didn't matter what the economy was doing. You know, they were still selling caskets because people were still, you know, unfortunately dying. But but that's the business that they were in. So, well, things just know, got really morbid there, Tabor. I know. I know. Um, <laughs> I should have said wedding, wedding cakes or something. Maybe that would have been better. But, <laughs> but yeah, how many, how many wedding cakes are getting hauled over the road these days? Well, I don't know. I'll just try to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we've talked a little bit, you, we, we've kind of heard your perspective based on all the people that you've talked to out throughout the industry about, you know, what makes a successful driver, your role in this story, how are you helping drivers find success in your current role here at Arrow? Sure. Sure. So uh, the number of things. So um, as a national account manager, uh, what our national accounts are, are, are there, they're, referral-based programs set up with major fleets and associations that give drivers um, extra benefit from buying from us. So they don't, you know, if they work for Landstar, they don't have to buy a truck from us, but if they do, we're going to give them extra warranty. We're going to give them money off the truck just, just because they haul with Landstar. And that's just really, it's helping them to get a good start. Um, Cause that's really where I think a lot of people fail is in the first six to nine months um, when they're really trying to get their traction, their feet under them. Um, you know, if they have a breakdown, it causes them a couple of weeks of delay or something, you know, if they're not prepared financially to, to sit for two weeks, um, then it, it can really hurt them. So, um, you know, giving people that, that little bit of an edge at the beginning, you know, that's what I think the strength of our national account program is. And, um, so that, that's one, that's one facet of it there for sure. Mm. Um, you know, other than that, I'm on, uh, I'm on the woman in trucking board, and I'm on the um, driver ambassador task force on the board of directors there. And we have conversations twice a month uh, about how we can, how we can further spread the message to uh, the women of the world out there about, about all the opportunity in the transportation industry and um, working on breaking down those barriers. And, and the association is just phenomenal in that aspect. And um, we do a lot of work for them. It's great. Kind of circling back to the national account part, it kind of seems like, you know, we, we talked about that good infrastructure, you know, for a, for a, a new, newly uh, minted owner operator, it kind of sounds like in some ways you're able to kind of help build that network and, and maybe provide some, some value and some help to some, you know, to kind of build that infrastructure for those guys with the national national account program, not trying to upsell people right now on, on national right. accounts, but like that kind of sounds like, you know, circling back to some of the things that you think make a successful driver, it does kind of seem like there is some correlation there with what you're doing with national accounts and what you kind of see as, you know, perceived as a big, big factor in, in driver success. Yeah, it is. It is, you know, because if someone doesn't know where to haul or what kind of, you know, they don't really have a, a place to lease their truck on with, we can make recommendations to them to, to fleets, uh, you know, all across the country that, that we know personally, and that we know that take care of their drivers. And that will, like you said, help them build that network. For sure. 
No, that's that's cool, man. That's that's really cool to hear, and I really like that kind of that kind of perspective. Uh, okay, so I, a couple other questions we kind of ask pretty standard because we're trying to, you know, I, it's really like. I like getting different viewpoints from a bunch of different people and like everyone kind of has some different answers. There's a little bit of a different flavor. I mean, even some of your answers about what makes a successful driver, I haven't heard yet really Good. doing it this way, you know? Um, so, you know, what's the, what's the biggest difference in the industry uh, from when you started back in 07 to what you're seeing today? Oh, wow. The biggest difference in the industry that's a tough question, but I, I mean, I, one of the biggest ones is just the emission laws that have been passed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, that really, the, the, the cost of repairs nowadays is just astronomical compared to what it was back then. And it just reinforces that um, you have to be, um, you have to be really conscious about having a maintenance account. You have to be conscious about learning about your equipment, how it runs, how it works, what those different things do. And then, you know, um, look for um, ways to troubleshoot when you do have problems um, to kind of save yourself some money that way. But, but really just, under, you know, understanding that after treatment system is very, very important. Um, mm -hmm. And making sure that you're, you're going along with the OEM recommendations of how to, how to take care of that system to, to help make it last as long as possible. Because when they break, they break and it's expensive. And that can cause a lot of people to stop being successful pretty quick. So if you right. plan, if you plan on that, if you plan on having to spend ten to fifteen thousand dollars a year on something you don't you don't want to spend the money on, you're going to be successful because if you don't have that failure, then then you're ahead of the game, right? Right. Um, if you do, then you're going to spend the money, but then hey, you're you're but you're still on the road. Yeah. So it's not gonna it's not gonna kill your your career. So for sure. For sure, and I man. think you know just the, you know the the technology in the trucks has come so far. Not just in after treatment, but you know now with the the smart braking systems and the lane avoid lane correction and and and, and accident avoidance systems have come a long way. Um, just and it's really about safety for the for the people on the road. I mean that's the cars and the trucks. Um, you know when trucks hit things, it it causes a lot of damage. And, you know, um, the last thing anybody wants to hear is or get is a phone call from a driver or from an insurance company or a police officer about an accident one of their trucks is involved in, you know, that's just a horrible thing to find out. So, um, so, you know, these, these, these newer technologies are really catching up and, and that's very positive. And like, I, and is it a fair statement? Obviously, you know, you've seen the pre-emission trucks to, to where we are now, what we're experiencing now, it, it creates in some ways, it does create some more variables for some of these guys as they, you know, set out to become owner operators because of the realities of all the, you know, the, the parts of the services that, you know, parts of the service that required um, to, to, to provide upkeep for these trucks. Right. For sure. Um, it's, 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 it's interesting. And I don't think I've really, we've had a ton of conversation yet about pre-emission, but I mean, you're absolutely right. And, yeah, and I think uh, one of the one of the things that you know when the, when the newer emissions rolled out, um, you know I don't know whose fault it is, but I don't think there was very good training for the for the everyday driver right. on how to handle those systems, and that caused a lot of the problems early on, um, just because they were they were bypassing a, a regen or or whatever going on the road because they didn't want to stop or whatever, and then next thing you know they're they're locked up and they can't move, and um, so you know. 
that's what comes back to your knowledge and, and learning. And you can't depend on other people to tell you what, how to do it and what to do. You have to search those answers out for yourself. And when you do that, you will find those answers and you'll find people that you can trust to give you good information. And that's what, you know, uh, being um, a positive sales consultant for our company does. I mean, uh, there's a lot of guys in this company with a lot more knowledge than I have even um, about how to be successful and everything. So, you know, I, you know, I implore people to ask those questions to their salesmen, um, ask for, ask for referrals to, to vendors, um, people that we trust that we know, um, you know, that's, that's just good business. For sure. I love uh, one of my favorite things about this industry and just, you know, from my perspective is seeing how educated this market is and part of it's out of necessity. You know, you've seen the drastic changes that have happened in the last 10 years of this industry. There's so many, you know, things that they have to be attuned to, you know, like you're talking about. And, you know, it's it, like, I think I might've said this on the show. I'm not sure, but you know, our, our, our customers know what fleet we buy trucks from without even us having to tell them. You know, right. they're calling them out. There's, some people turn it into a game on social media. At one point, there were people playing games, guessing <laughs> the fleets of the trucks, That's you awesome. know, that were posted on social media. So like, you just have such a highly educated audience uh, and market here that you know, we're working with. And I think you kind of said it perfectly. It's, you know, you, 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 those, those, those more experienced truckers pass it on. You know, they're passing yeah. it on to you. They're passing it on to everybody, but they've, they've, they've been through a lot here, especially with some of the, you know, new rules and regulations for sure that have oh, kind yeah. of, you know, impacted this industry and there's so much stuff. And it's, it's well, not, the, the electronic logs, right. Was huge one. You know, um, everyone thought that was really going to hurt the industry. And, and I think it hurt a certain percentage of people who were probably running more miles than they probably should have been. But, um, Overall, I think it's it, it's help people be safer. Sure, um, you know, and I think they'll continue to tweak those those hours of service rules to give the breaks at the right time and not penalize people for wanting to be safe. You know, there's definitely some some improvement to be made there. Don't get me wrong, but sure. Um, but overall, I think you know it's not a bad it's not a bad thing for sure. So, um, you know, in the you know we're in a we're in the midst of a pandemic, and I really like to ask people because I like to see their perspective. You know, what do you think has changed significantly just in the last you know little bit over a year with with regard well, to the pandemic? Well, the Chiefs aren't Super Bowl champions. Do we have to go there? <laughs> do we have to go there? I mean, I, people in Tampa listening to this are probably thrilled. Yeah, yeah. I just that was tough. Anyways, yeah. Well, <laughs> That's, you know, but no, that, but in all seriousness, you know, it's really put a spotlight on the transportation industry. You know, they were deemed essential workers and, you know, they are essential. They need, we need our stuff delivered to grocery stores. We need our fuel delivered to gas stations. We need, you know, even the, the, we need our lipstick from Amazon, right? Or, you know, <laughs> I mean, we need, you know, and it's really uh, grown, has grown the, the, the last mile delivery uh, part of the industry. Um, exponentially with Uber Eats and all those things. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that'll just kind of continue. Uh, you know, I think delivery, people like getting stuff delivered to them. They don't mind paying a couple of bucks to have that happen. Um, you know, it stages from going out and maybe taking a chance, you know, and if someone has someone that they live with, that's immune compromised or they themselves are, you know, they want to be careful and it makes sense. Uh, but at the end of the day, stuff still has to move. And, um, at the beginning of this thing, we didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know if, 
half the transportation industry was just going to die because no one was driving cars anymore and no one needed to haul fuel or, or what was going to happen. And it just turned out that, you know, the industry got stronger as a whole and, you know, everybody involved with it has been along for the ride. So mm-hmm. um, to say that it's been a bad thing, it's definitely been a bad thing, but for some indus- industries and businesses, it's, it's actually been, uh, it hasn't hurt that bad. It's actually been nice. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. There's, you know, and the response of this, this group, the response of this industry has been, has been, been pretty remarkable. Um, yeah. And I don't want to, I, I don't want to bypass like what, what we had to do to get through it. You know, our sales guys were, we had some branches that were closed. They weren't allowed to open. Um, and these guys were, they were meeting people in parking lots of Walmarts and they were doing video, you know, walk arounds of these trucks off property so they could show a customer a truck and then help deliver it and help them get their business started. And, you know, kudos to them for thinking outside the box and getting those things done because, you know, if, if they didn't do that, you know, then what happens? You fail. If you don't right. try to overcome the obstacles in front of you and think about it, then you're not going to, you're not going to make it. The industry in, in as a whole was changed. I guess just, just at, across the board how we had to do business here at Arrow, how everyone had to do business, you know, what people were wanting to see and know before they bought the truck, you know, it's, it's been noticeably different in the last year. All right. I want to end, I want to close out with this and it's always, you know, I, you, you, like you said, you, you've talked to a lot of people, you've seen a lot of different perspectives and, and you've talked to a lot of successful drivers, but what do you think the biggest fear for drivers wanting to become owner operators is right now? Well, anytime you're making a change like that, the fear of the unknown is the biggest thing. You don't always know what you don't know. And sometimes you know, that's the biggest scary thing because you don't, you know, you don't even think about, Oh yeah, I have to get insurance before I can get this thing. And I don't even know where to do insurance. And I have to do, so there's so much of this fear. There's a lot of barriers besides just picking out a right truck and then getting financing. Some of these other barriers that you have to work yourself through um, up front and that, that can be daunting. And, you know, there's not really a lot of resources out there that you can just go and Google how to, what do I have to do to become a truck driver and get you, it's not like a list of things that it can tell you because depending on what you're going to do, it's different. So um, I think that's the biggest fear for a lot of people is they feel that they're taking a big chance, starting their own business. Um, and if they do something wrong, they could fail and nobody wants to fail. So the fear of failure and the fear of the unknown, I'd say are the two biggest ones. I think, you know, we've talked a lot about the, the, the guys that have that level of confidence, you mm-hmm. know, because of what they've seen in the industry. You know, one of the things that I think is kind of cool is those guys do seem willing to kind of help pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some people that might not be owner operators yet that are wanting to look for, you know, look, look to potentially jump in. It's not a bad idea to, to try to lean into some of those guys that have been doing it. You know, one of the things we're really hoping to do here pretty quick in the near future is, is try to get a hold uh, and talk to some guys that are out on the road. You know, we, we want this conversation to, to come from every possible angle, but it might be good to just hear straight from some of these, you know, owner operators too, you know, straight, sure. straight from them to, to kind of help get an idea and an understanding of what it takes and all that stuff. And that's something that we're going to be trying to do here pretty quick, but. That's exciting. Well, you know, you know, 
I, and, I, and when I was in sales, I used to do this all the time where I had a, someone who was, I could tell was really nervous about something. Maybe they weren't being completely upfront with me exactly what it was. And that's okay. And what I would do is I would, I would give them a name and a phone number of one of my other customers who I knew was, was putting the miles and making the money and being successful and buying trucks on a regular basis and say, Hey, give them a call. And you know, these people knew that I was doing this. So they weren't surprised. I wasn't looking for anything out of it other than maybe to, to, to help give some information that could help this person be more comfortable about what they're doing right. and help them be more successful. So I love the idea of having some drivers on here talking. For sure. We, you know, it's something we're really, we're really hoping to do here pretty quick. So Good. Jim, not Tabor. I'm not calling you by your last name. I genuinely appreciate you. It's been a For little sure. bit of time with us, my man. And awesome. I've really valued getting your insight and your perspective from here. And uh, we'll, we'll bring you on here again at some point. Awesome, man. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thanks, yep, Ken. For sure. That's going to do it for the Successful Driver Podcast presented by Aero Truck Sales. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week. Catch you later.